0: to me. And, um, but Martin, why don't you come up and preach the word today? <laughs> anyway, so uh, hey look, it's great uh, to be here and to share with you. Look, this, this is quite a different word that I've ever spoken before. It's quite interesting. Um, I, I've, I've never uh, wanted to go down this path in, in the past, but certainly feel that over the last six months I've been reflecting, and I want to give you some observations, and they're my observations, and um, considering I have the microphone, um, you know, that's that's what they are today. But one of my observations is that politically there has been a large shift around the world to the progressive left and the liberal way of governing. More specifically, Conservative or Christian values are being eroded and taken away. And this is quite a challenge. In the education sector specifically, uh, the progressive left have taken over. And they're pushing Christian values off to the side. The LA Times say it is very... The universities now look very unfavourably upon... Christians, or conservative people. Uh, I heard of a study in 1990, so only 30 years ago it began, that the universities would employ three liberal people to two conservative. In the early 2000s, it went 13 liberals to two conservatives. And in uh, 2019, 48 liberals to one conservative. Very sobering. And the Christian viewpoint is massively under attack. Ian talks about Bible colleges in America where professors are questioning the truth of the Bible and want to water it down. So observation one. Observation two, free speech is under huge attack. Or well, let me put it another way to you. You're allowed to have free speech as long as it aligns with the liberal views of the day. So I want to, if that continues down that path, I can see a day when the Bible will be rated as hate speech. Hello? The Bible talks about sin. It talks about all sorts of things and, and we all are in that boat. But the liberal left is saying, you, I would see in the future that you can't have that Bible anymore. You can't believe in that. Over the last week, you know, the uh, liberal left, the big tech companies, you can critis- you're, they allow you to criticise Christianity and the Jewish people and the Jewish country, but they will protect some other things from the left and they'll cover it up. So the, their standards say that you can criticise Jews and Christians but you can't criticise the left. Observation number three. Has has this been a good start so far? It's a good challenge for Christians, isn't it? Is that there is a huge rise in Marxism, socialism, communism around the world. And when you look at the countries that are uh, run that way, Christians are in for a hard time. And that slide is happening. Even minority groups, don't have to be Christian, even minority groups get treated very harshly. Observation four, again, these are just my observations. You can disagree with me. But the majority of media around the world are very strongly left or liberal leaning. And in some cases are becoming an extension of a, of a political viewpoint. Last weekend we had our election. Because sometimes we think this happens in other countries and that sort of thing and it doesn't happen here. So last week we had our election. The week before I was travelling away for work. And each morning I'd go and get my, have my breakfast and I'd pull out the, the newspaper And I made it a point of counting through some of the articles in the first ten pages of the New Zealand Herald. There was three or four articles, very favourite to the left. There was articles that made the right, or some of the conservative views, look very foolish. Most days, there was one article either for assisted dying or for the cannabis referendum. All slanting one way. That's in our country. But these are four observations that over the last six months I've just been watching and observing. And the whole thought is, and the challenge today I want to bring to you, as a Christian... Are you ready for a rapidly changing world, especially with regards to our Christian faith? I don't want you to wake up one day and go, oh, where did this come from? Because things are getting very real. There's a, how many saw that film Hunt for the Wildebeest, the Wilder People? And there's a point in the show where, um, what's the name of the young guy? In the show, anyone tell it? Anyway, the police are chasing this young boy. I forget his name. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky someone anyway. And he runs into his friends and he says, things just got real. He used a different word. But he said, things just got real. The police are now chasing me. It's all go. And my thought today is, Christians, things are about to get real for us. Now, I don't have a time frame on it, but when we read the Bible, there's going to be some challenges coming our way. However, on the other side, it is going to be one of the most exciting days to be a Christian and to be in the church. Because I believe the greatest days of the church are at hand. I don't believe in the future of the church is going to be some very small, insignificant group of people. I see the church being the light of the world, the hope of the world, and that as we live our life for Jesus, so others will be drawn to that light that you shared. So are you ready? What race are we running? I like the cheese race. I'm just not sure how I would survive it. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Joshua's read it up, and let's read it again. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy uh, set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such oppression from sinners so that you uh, will not grow weary in losing heart. I like the Living Bible translation. It says, run in the right direction. And so today I just want to share three very simple thoughts that I trust will challenge you And that will encourage you because I believe we need to get ready time is uh, important that we get ready for this challenge and that we can help others along the journey number one let's make a decision to live life light not heavy Live it light, not complicated. Live it light. Let's simplify our Christian faith down. Hebrews 12, uh, one, uh 12 verses 1b. Uh, Let us throw ev- off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Things that hinder and sin that entangles. It was I like on Josh's translation up there. There was a there was a special phrase in there, and that I quite, I think it, it kind of. Um, uh, talked about just kind of kiss sin that catches hold of us and things like that. Um, the biblical picture here is that people were preparing for a race and that a ball and chain would be a tied around their ankle. And, and some translations say the weight of sin. And the challenge in order to run the race, friends, we have to change some of our priorities. We've got to throw off stuff in our life and begin to get focus and begin to get serious about our Christian life. Hello? We need to prepare for it. Look, a few years ago, I, there's a, an event called the Tauranga Half Ironman, and I, I had a, a brain fade one particular day, and I um, registered for this race. Now, please do not think that, I'm an athlete in any way, it was, there's a swimming leg, and I swim like a brick. There's a cycle leg, and then there was a, uh, the, a running leg, and, and I don't run on the roads. It doesn't do any good for me. So I, was do, I did the cycle part. So don't think that, you know, um, it's a 2K swim, 90K cycle, and I think a 21K run. So don't think that I'm any sort of an athlete with 90K, cycling 90K, because I've cycled with Martin and Graham. And I would think on a large percentage of the time, there was Martin and Graham up there, and... Chubby Grant at the back. Would that be correct, Martin? He just needs to agree with the preacher now. So don't think that there's anything too flash about this race. There was age groups in it. So I was in the (laughs) 50 plus (laughs) age group. And the reason I was in that bracket is because one of the guys in the team was just over 50. So anyway, so it is what it is. But so we come into the the training time from April through to December. Well, Guys of my age don't train during the winter. (laughs) You know, that's where the duvet... You just think about the race and you just cuddle into that duvet and it's quite nice. But as October starts, suddenly you go, (gasps) you know, three months to the race. Oh, my goodness, I've got to get ready for 90Ks. And so I would get out there. And as that race grew closer, my urgency increased. I would have a greater focus. What I would eat, no, I couldn't have the donut now. I'm training for the race. You'd need to sleep well, you'd discipline yourself, you don't go out too much, you'd need to get all the energy and believe me, I needed all the energy I could get. So in the midst of this training, I injured both knee cartilages and, you know, being a male, I thought, look, I can still do the race. And so that comes under the banner of male stupidity. But anyway, I thought, thought, look, if I just pace myself, I'll do it. And so I I was trained away and trying to do this race. I'll give you the sad results later. But anyway, you see, we're in a race. And there's some things that the Bible talks about lay aside everything that entangles and the sin. I'm going to between you and your piece of paper, write down what do you need, what's hindering you, and what do you need to throw off? In the last year, I've lost my mum and my brother. When you are faced with situations like that, it causes you to question what's really important. And some of the things I thought was important actually aren't. And I believe for the church in this day going forward, the church can focus on this sort of doctrine or this sort of thing out here and this here. But in these coming days, the church is going to get very focused. And the church is going to be something absolutely glorious and will hit the mark. What do we need? What do you need? What do I need to do to throw off from my life in order to run my race Effectively. What do you need to do? First Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that in the race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Here it is. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone competes in the games, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last but we will do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, do not run like someone running aimlessly. Do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that that after I have preached to others, I myself may not be disqualified. You know, run in such a way as to get the prize. I pray over these coming years that you, as you walk this Christian life, you will throw off things that will hinder and then you'll grab hold of what's really important. What will you drop off? What will you change going forward? You know, what may surprise you is that I may be entering what could be the last third of my life. And life changes as you look ahead and you look at the, the potential finish line in front. It's not scary. It's actually quite exciting. And he and I joke about it. I says, I'll go first and you can clean up the house afterwards. <laughs> no. But it's, you get serious. What's really important? This year with COVID, me and I used to walk, in the lockdown, we would walk down the side roads out there in the countryside. It was very peaceful. It was really nice. And we forced ourselves to slow down. And in your Christian life, sometimes we need to slow down and say, what's really important? I have a couple of young people here who are saying, actually, I'm going to stand up and make a difference in other people's lives. What part can you play in making a difference in other people's life, both in the church and outside? What light are you shining to other people? Number two, make a decision to take personal responsibility for your life. It's nobody else's fault. You are where you are today by the decisions that you've made. There's a point, there's this popular thought around the world is is blame somebody else. It's not my fault, it's their fault. And as long as we keep putting blame on other people and that sort of thing, we don't take personal responsibility for our lives. And we see that quite often across our country. But let's make a personal, uh, uh, let's make a decision To take personal responsibility for our lives. Both how we live our lives, how we respond to others, and how we serve the Lord. says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for you. Ian has a phrase that, you know, some people give first class allegiance to second class causes. And they get so wrapped up in other things out there. And, oh, well, I'm doing this for this and that. And the challenge is, what are we going to do for Jesus in our race? You know, we have to take personal responsibility because we stand before the Lord on our own. That's very sobering sometimes, isn't it? We have to take ownership of our, uh, our own lives' decisions. And in the light of changing times... I believe we need to take personal responsibility and get serious about where we stand with the Lord and how we serve him. The Apostle Paul in 1 in, in Timothy and 2 Timothy, he's writing to uh, Timothy, obviously, to give him encouragement because Paul was in prison on both of these occasions when he's writing this. And he's just sharing his heart towards the end of, of his race. And he says in uh, 1 Timothy 6 there, but you, O man of God, flee these things. And he's talking about, there's all sorts of divisions and challenges and things like that happening in the church there. And so Paul's bringing some correction. He says, look, flee those sorts of things. He says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called. And have confession of a good. Sorry, and having confessed the good confession of the in the presence of many witnesses. See, fight the good fight. This he listed some things there that we should be working on in our own life and, and working towards, and that we would be have a be have a greater witness. See, the thing about some of those. Um, Churches and and Christians in some of those oppressed countries, their faith is so real. See, the Western church is very comfortable, aren't we? We're very comfortable when you compare to what they put up with. I did a mission trip back in the 80s, went to Singapore, Malaysia, and Thailand. It was quite interesting because in Singapore, there's a lot of materialism. Not so much in, in Malaysia and not so much in Thailand. But as you went through the different churches, the, when you got to Thailand, and, and that's not an oppressed country, you know, back then, but their, their expectation and their faith in God was so real. Jesus had to come through because that's all they've got. And so you go into the persecuted countries And their faith is just so real, absolutely real, because it's only them and Jesus. And their faith is so alive, so exciting, that I long for that in the Western Church. Because we can get very comfortable, well, I didn't get my car parked close to the church, so ah, oh, it's a bit tough today, or they didn't sing the song that I like, or the you know this or that, and you know, we can have some pretty flimsy um, um, uh, things that we say in church life because it's, it's really comfortable. The coffee wasn't quite hot enough today, and I'm really not quite sure about that church. <laughs> do, 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 do you know, man, some of the things. And we get all funny, don't we? Pa- pastor didn't talk to me today. It's really tough. doesn't love me anymore. He's going down the garden to eat worms. But you know, you don't see that in some of these other countries. 2 Timothy 4. And Paul is sick in prison, still knowing that his time uh, was getting short and narrow was after his head. If we start partway through, it says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine." Doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears and they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to false, uh, turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of the evangelist. Fulfil your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is hand. What Paul is addressing there is there is a lot of political um, um, strife within the church. Paul and they're just wanting to water down the doctrine. And Paul says, No, no. Forget about all these funny fables that people are trying to chase after. He says, Bring it back to the, the real central truth. Of what's really important. So I think this is going to be an exciting time. For the church. I really see that there's going to be people that are. Just going to do amazing things and it's not. Yeah, that necessarily the people, you know, the pastors and, and all these churches that do it, it's the, the little heroes behind the scenes They just go out and live their life for Jesus and make a difference. We, we've got to get ready. In training for this race, I only had limited time, or should I say I was just undisciplined. And we would do maybe a 70 ride on the weekend with the boys and then I'll do a 35k ride during the week and kind of thought look I could make it up and look the it's a while it's a a 90k race that last 15k's I'll just wing it on the day it'll happen I'll rise to the occasion (laughs) and you know I will push through no problem I had one problem it's a very large one, is that when we would ride in the morning, we'd go about six o'clock, Martin. It was lovely and cool, wasn't it? So about nine o'clock, we would finish, and we'd go and have our coffee, and, which is important after every ride. And so I'm going, yeah, I can wing it. This is good. The cool of the day, no problem at all. What I forgot to realise is that my part of the race for these (coughs) older people started about 9.30. And it started in in the temperatures were were early 20s or mid-20s at 9.30 in the morning. (laughs) Not a problem. Last 15 Ks, I'm going to wing it. Sadly, that didn't happen. See, in our Christian race, don't leave it to the end. Start your prep now. The prep that you do now will help you in the long run. You see, no one could help me in the race. It's about you. It's about me doing the hard yards. What changes do you need to make in your life to prepare yourself for potential challenges coming our way. As the liberal left do their slide and erode Christian values, how will we stand? How prepared are we? How many of us read the articles in, uh, at the info desk? We had some articles on the assisted dying, the marijuana. How many of us read it, were prepared for it? How many of us defended it in our workplace? You know, we need to be ready. We need to understand what's happening around the place. Last point. Let's keep Jesus as the absolute focus in these coming days. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher, or the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. G let's make Jesus the main thing. As I've said, I believe the church is going to put aside some of the the, the smaller issues of uh, sideline issues of Christianity and that Jesus is going to be the absolute center uh, focus of it. You know, during our lockdown walks near and I would walk along and, and realize that you know some of the things that we'd worked for over the years could easily be taken away from us in times like this. And that what can't be taken away is what we've done with Jesus. let make make Jesus the absolute focal point of our lives. See, what, what is your focus on, you know? Standing before the Lord and honoring him and winning that race that he's marked out for you. Because he's called each one of us to a different race. It's understanding that race that he's called you to do. You see, in this race I did at Tauronga, everything was going very well to the 60k mark. It was fantastic. I dropped a... Unfortunately, dropped my, one of my drink bottles. You have two on your bike. And I dropped one of my drink bottles and I thought, nah, I'll be all right, I've got one there and I'll just carry on. Next time I picked it up for a drink, it was only half full. And uh, I had about another 25K to go, and the temperature was 28 degrees. Not a good position to be. At. I'll be all right. I'll get through. It's not a problem. I'm going, I'm going to win the prize for, for my... Well, we weren't going to win any prizes this day. Anyway, 15K out, my legs started to cramp and seize up on me, and I'm going, there's a long way to go. The short story is is that I get to the end, great, fantastic, get off your bike and you try and walk after that, so I'm walking like this, as though I've been having a couple of drinks or something, you have to rack your bike, go around and go and tag the runner. So I thought I will hurry up because I haven't been very fast, I will now run to the guy who's, who's going to do the running and give him the transponder. Brain said it, legs didn't. The legs cramped, I fell down and I was kissing the asphalt on the ground. It was a wonderful experience. Until they had to call the paramedics to rush to me <laughs> urgently. My wife was on the other side calling on Jesus, which isn't really, she was, you know, living out this point. Let Jesus be the absolute focus. So as I was kissing that asphalt, and it was a wonderful experience, and the paramedics were working on me, my wife thought, he's a dumb... Oh, no, i <laughs> She was just loving me at the time. Um, yeah, anyway. So the officials broke all the rules, took the transponder off me, walked it over, and gave it to the runner, and that must have been Jesus. <laughs> A week later, I sold my bike. Amen. <laughs> Martin's the only one riding now. He's, he's just the champion, and Michelle's on her electric bike. But I wanted to at least get to the end. I wanted to finish the race. The same thing applies to my Christian life. You and I've been talking, I'm going, how do I want to finish this race? I know some of you have got, you know, a lot of years ahead. There's no guarantees. Each day that we have. My brother passed away two weeks after he retired. There's no guarantees. So how do I want to finish my race? Make Jesus the center of our lives. What he wants each one of us to do. I think, I look back over my life, the Lord has been tremendously faithful. I need to follow him all the days of my life. You see, the world's changing, but I'm really excited about where the church is going to be. Because the church is is so going to shine that it's going to be an exciting place to be. Yes, challenges will come our way. But I know the church is going to be so bright. It's going to be powerful. The presence of God is going to be so real that lives will be changed when they come into the church. I'm praying that God will, will see, begin to see more healings. See, more people set free and more people on fire. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Why does not the music team come? What challenges do you need to rise to? What do you need to throw off? What do you need to change in order for you to win your race? What training do you need to do in terms of preparing? The Apostle Paul says, uh, Acts 20, partway through, he says, However, I consider my life uh, worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And if each one of us would run with that, the lives that we would touch, that other people, when they look at your life and see, do they see the Lord Jesus? Tonight, me and I and Mendy and Cooper we're going off to a friend's uh, a work associate of knees and we're not going to preach to them we just want to share his love do you want to just play the piano And <laughs> because this couple we're going to tonight is a gay couple but we just want to love them as human beings and pray that the life that we live in the acceptance we have with them we're going to let God and them sort their issues out we're not going to bring judgment we're just going to love them and they'll see that we're Christians what did you guys do today? we went to church this morning not going to judge we're just going to love them and ask the Holy Spirit to touch their lives who are we mixing with? that we finish the race and complete the task, that we testified to the good news of God's grace. Yes, challenges are coming our way, but blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I encourage you to read Matthew chapter 25, 24 and 25 this week. Challenging about the times ahead for Christians. Let it challenge you. Timothy writes at the end of his, I know Paul writes at the end of uh, 2 Timothy that I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing let us fight the good fight and be a great witness for the Lord Jesus I mean why don't we stand and let's sing this song